Read the Bible every day so you'll be full of faith. Welcome you to join Bible Links to read the entire Bible in two years. I believe God will bless you, He will lift you up, and your life will never be the same. Exodus chapter 1 These are the names of the sons of Israel who came to Egypt with Jacob, each with his household, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, and Judah, Issachar, Zebulun, Benjamin, Dan and Naphtali, Gad and Afshur. All the descendants of Jacob were seventy persons. Joseph was already in Egypt. Then Joseph died, and all his brothers in that generation. But the people of Israel were fruitful and increased greatly. They multiplied and grew exceedingly strong, so that the land was filled with them. Now there arose a new king over Egypt, who did not know Joseph, and he said to his people, Behold, the people of Israel are too many, and too mighty for us. Come, let us deal shrewdly with them, lest they multiply, and if war breaks out, they join our enemies, and fight against us, and escape from the land. Therefore they set taskmasters over them to afflict them with heavy burdens. They built for Pharaoh's store cities, Pythons and Ramsey, but the more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied, and the more they spread abroad, and the Egyptians were in dread of the people of Israel. So they ruthlessly made the people of Israel work as slaves, and made their lives bitter with hard service, in water and brick, and in all kinds of work in the field. In all their work they ruthlessly made them work as slaves. Then the king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, one of whom was named Shifra, and the other Pua, When you serve as midwife to the Hebrew women, and see them on the birthstool, if it is a son, you shall kill him. But if it is a daughter, she shall live. But the midwives feared God, and did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them. But let the male children live. So the king of Egypt called the midwives and said to them, why have you done this, and let the male children live? The midwife said to Pharaoh, Because the Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women, for they are vigorous and give birth before the midwife comes to them. So God dealt well with the midwives, and the people multiplied and grew very strong. And because the midwives feared God, gave them families. Then Pharaoh commanded all his people, Every son that is born to the Hebrews, you shall cast into the Nile, but you shall let every daughter live. Exodus chapter 2 Now a man from the house of Levi went and took as his wife a Levite woman. The woman conceived and bore a son, and when she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him three months, but she could hide him no longer. She took for him a basket made of bulrushes, dabbed it with bitumen and pitch, she put the child in it and placed it among the reeds by the river bank. And his sister stood at a distance to know that what would be done to him. Now the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river. While her young women walked beside the river, she saw the basket among the reeds and set her servant woman, and she took it. When she opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the baby was crying. She took pity on him and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. That his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call you a nurse from the Hebrew women, 
to nurse the child for you. And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. So the girl went and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child away and nurse him for me, and I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him, and the child grew older. She brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. They named him Moses because she said, I drew him out of the water. One day, when Moses had grown up, he went out to his people and looked on their burdens, and he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his people. He looked this way and that, and seeing no one, he struck down the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. When he went out the next day, behold, two Hebrews were struggling together, and he said to the man in the wrong, Why do you strike your companion? He answered, Who made you a prince and a judge over us? Do you mean to kill us as you kill the Egyptian? Then Moses was afraid and thought, Surely the thing is no. When Pharaoh heard of it, he sought to kill Moses, but Moses fled from Pharaoh and stayed in the land of Midian. He sat down by a well. Now the priest of Midian had seven daughters, and they came and drew water and filled the troughs to water their father's flock. The shepherds came and drove them away, but Moses stood up and saved them and watered their flock. When they came home to their father Raoul, he said, How is it that you have come home so soon today? They said, An Egyptian delivered us out of the hands of the shepherds and even drew water for us and watered the flock. He said to his daughters, Then where is he? Why have you left the man? Call him that he may eat bread. And Moses was content to dwell with the man. And he gave Moses his daughter, Zephora. She gave birth to a son and called his name Gershom, where he said, I have been a sojourner in a foreign land. During those many days, the king of Egypt died, and the people of Israel groaned because of their slavery and cried out for help. Their cry for rescue from slavery came up to God, and God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. God saw the people of Israel, and God knew. The following is the English translation of Pastor Mullen Wu's teaching on the book of Exodus, chapters 1 and 2, translated by David. Read the Bible every day so you'll be full of faith. We're going to review Exodus today. Exodus is the core book of the Torah, five books written by Moses, because it talks about how God redeems his people, escaped them from Egypt, and makes covenant with God on Mount Sinai to become a kingdom of priests and build tabernacle and dwell with God. God's redemptions not only allow us to leave Egypt, but also allow us to enter the tabernacle and live with Him. This completes the process. Why do we need to have redemption? Because mankind sinned, and God made a covenant with them to complete His redemption. Numbers is teaching us how to live before God, and it also records while living with God what we need to learn in our lives, spiritual principles to give us some important points that we must not forget. So from chapter 1 to 40 in Exodus records the story of redemption starting with chapter 1 and 2. Let's examine from death to life, from oppression to freedom, 
how this unfortunately poor group of people got rescued. Let's look at verses 1 and 2. These are the names of the sons of Israel who came to Egypt with Jacob, each with his household. But the people of Israel were fruitful and increased greatly. They multiplied and grew exceedingly strong, so that the land was filled with them. Now, God's prophecy from Genesis chapter 46, from a family to a clan, and now a great group. Verse 8, Now there arose a new king over Egypt, who did not know Joseph. So here, several generations has passed. Egypt has many groups fighting over control, and this is like a new dynasty. So these new leaders do not know that Joseph has done what had Joseph has done in the past. In verse 9 and 10 are key to questions. And he said to his people, Behold, the people of Israel are too many and too mighty for us. Come, let us deal surely with them. At least them they multiply. If war breaks out, they join our enemies and fight against us and escape from the land. At that time, the Israelites are great in number and strong. So Egyptians are afraid of them. They want to deal with them shortly. So you, if you are a great in number and strong, they are afraid of you. And that then, this is why this group of people became slaves. Like the modern time, the whole world is under the control of the evil one. We have God's authority, his power, his presence, but unknowingly, we bow down to sin, but we are actually great in number and strong. So that the Pharaoh of Egypt can, can, can control us. So God's choice, his grace, and his redemption gives us strength to break out this trap that Satan, the evil one, has imposed on us. So today, you can pray, you can pray this first. God help me. I have power. I have the wisdom and the favor to help me escape the control of the Pharaoh. Let me live in your sight. I am great in number and strong people. In verse 11, Therefore they set taskmasters over them to afflict them with the heavy burdens. But the more they were oppressed, the more they multiply, and the more they spread abroad. And the Egyptians were in dread of people of Israel. Well, just like today, we are God's children, and the church shall prosper, prosper and have power. But the political power and economic powers are greater than the church. We're just common civilians with religion. But God see it differently. We have the ability to break through. So don't let this generation to hold us hostage and abuse us. Our second prayer is, Lord, no matter how grim this current situation is and painful it is, political pressure, financial pressure, and even military oppressions, let your church multiply and be more spread abroad, that we should have this kind of favor on us. God wants us to prosper. More the oppression and more the pain, more the harm and suppressions, we ask God for us to prosper, to make us prosper more we multiply, the more we spread abroad. But you may think that we're still suffering after all. It is because it's not yet God's timing. If during this stage of your life, you feel bitter, you feel your daily stress is so high, you feel that no matter how hard I've tried, I just can't 
overcome, then you must pray to God. Make me prosper. When the timing is right, I can rise and speak for you. I can break off these limitations and possess the power of the Son of God. Verse 15. Then the king of Egypt said to Hebrews' midwives, one of whom was named Sephra, and the other was Prua. They are no, nobody important, but their names were recorded. This isn't an expression of faith. All those who respond in faith, even if you are a nameless person, a common civilian, when you respond out of faith and courageously face these oppressions, you do not obey the king's order, but obey to God. All of your names will be recorded by the glorious God. Names are important for from this verse 16 to 22 and on. No matter what the Pharaoh and all their, how they try to kill and to destroy God's people. So we must rise up and fight with prayers. You got to understand in this chapter how they surely treated him. But in the midst of all this hard time, we can pray for God to make us prosper, his fullness and the leap of faith to face them. Our names are recorded by God. Lastly, you must see Satan, the evil one, he is trying to kill the souls of the next generation. We need to pray. That's why you see some of just laws, abortion laws, and laws that oppresses our next generations in education. All the filth and corruptions, these systems are trying to tend our future generations. So rise to pray and fight and petition to God's Spirit to come to this land. From chapters 1 to 2, you can see the victors were all women. The midwives, Pharaoh's wife, Moses' sister, mother. This demonstrated that new bride is able to have power to overcome. You must believe that these women are here. And where are the men? The men were working like slaves. So leave. then he left these women to be courageous and to face adversity. In the meantime, God's new bride and children of God ask new brides that we are able to overcome and rise. We can overturn the situation. Amen. Chapter 2, the end of Genesis is a, of Exodus is about death. And the beginning of Exodus is also about death, killing, about oppressions. In this chapter, God also equips his vessel of his redemption. Pray again, Lord, help me. Let me be your vessel of redemption. Allow me to be part of the plan of your salvation. As I respond to you in faith, when the time is right, will birth to this child, give birth of this vessel like Moses. We pray for the birth of revival of the future generations in the kingdom of God. Uh, vessels for the prosperity of the church will be born. We'll embark on the glorious path of destiny. Dear young Mary coupled, please pray for the newborn babies. The senior brothers and sisters, please pray, pray for the children of our children in our church future generations. Bring out God's salvation, redemption, and revival to be born. The rest of the story we are familiar with. The kingdom of Egypt's daughter shows up, having conversation with Moses. 
sister, this child was hidden and protected and adopted and grows up in the palace. You can see this one thing here, that the Pharaoh is a vessel used by Satan to stop God's plan. But his daughter was a vessel God used to beat Satan's evil plan. The Pharaoh wants to kill these people and God put Moses there to grow up in his palace. And he acquired all of the knowledge of Egypt. So the fourth prayer that we prayed, Lord, put faith in us that you will protect and there will be persecution against church, militarily and economically. That God's chosen people do not be afraid of the rise of Antichrist, not to be afraid of different forces. In our generations, God will protect us. We need not worry. God has his plan. It is all in his hands. So new brights must rise like the midwives, strong Hebrew women, Moses' mother, his sister and the Pharaoh's sisters. God will use women to bring change in the world. We all are new brights. We need to respond to our calling. We are new bright warriors through our prayers and cried outs unjust laws, abrosions, and oppressions to the church, we can break out of it. Amen. God has ways to defend us. The vessel of redemption foretells about our lives, how we can grow up step by step. So in verse 11, as God is about to equip Moses, let us pray, and God will listen. That is, God, how you equip and built Moses to be your favorite vessel, a humble vessel. May you do the same good work on me. I need to accept and learn in the wilderness. Whether you are highly educated or a successful background, have a successful background, or you are socially savvy. Prayer to petition to God. Use me like you used Moses back in the days. Let me be a vessel in the end time, in this chaotic, filthy, corrupted generation that Jesus' redemption will manifest and express through me. Moses is age 40 at this time. In Hebrews 11 says that, By faith, Moses, when he was, had, was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God and then to enjoy the fleeting pleasure of sin. Now, at his prime, in the most powerful time, that he be an Egyptian soldier to death. What was Moses was what was Moses' strategy? I will revolt against Egyptians through the knowledge I will convince the Hebrew people that we have the same ancestors, that we are helping you to unite the brothers through the political means and to face the same enemies. God does not use men's ways. Whether it is men's strategy or capability or uniting power, God does not care. He wants someone who's willing to obey him and know that he had nothing. Let's look at verse 15. When the Pharaoh heard of it, he sought to kill Moses. But Moses fled from the Pharaoh and stayed in the land of Midian. Midian and he sat down by a well. It, it's just like us. We want to do something for the church. 
we are willing to step up. That I am willing to donate money. I have certain ideas about certain ministries. I spend my time, my effort. Then you realize at the end, not only no one shows us any gratitude, they even criticize us that we did not do good enough. So gradually, we stop serving a church and we grow cold. No one helps and no one cares. And receive no encouragement, but only criticisms. I encourage you to listen to the Inner Life message series I'm serving by Mama Grace. The first thing about serving is submit yourself in God's hands. Let God's let God to prune and minister us first. Let God make us a wise person that will take this first step to step on the journey of serving. We have so much going on with strategies and ideas. We are well spoken that we can connect and we can unite. We men can do it so limited and will be so short-lived. Today, you pray for yourself and pray for the next generation. Lord, may our own generation and the future generation continue to rise up, to let you prune and mold, let you build and adjust and be transformed. We will live in your plan and in your purpose and in your will and serve according to according to your timing. This is the first lesson for Moses. So he escaped to Midian and got married with children. In verse 22, you see that his wife gave birth to a son, and he calls his son Jershon. For he said, I have been a sojourner in a foreign land. Even though Moses got married here with children, he still feels that he did not fit in. Each of the Christians must have the same attitude. The world is not our home. We are soldiering here, living here temporarily. All our names should be called Joshua. We belong to God. How do we know what our destiny is? Exodus or the exit out of Egypt is not the purpose. It is not the purpose just to live better once you're out of once you are out in this life. God wants to take us out of Egypt so we may serve him and dwell with him. We are separated from the world. I am a foreigner, a Gentile. Pray to God. Thank you for taking me into this environment, into this city, into this church. And all I ask for is for your kingdom and your purpose on me. So please lead me. In your kingdom, I have inheritance. In verses 23 to 25, the Pharaoh died, and the people of Israel groaned because their slavery and cried out for help. Their cry for rescue from slavery came up to God. The daughter of the Pharaoh, the Pharaoh, rise up to power and treated them even worse, making them to build the pyramids, city, walls, and everything. Now they understand, cry out for help to God. God heard their cry and looked after them. God remembered the covenant he made to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So today, you can make a fifth prayer. God, 
Please remember the covenant that you made with me in my life. Help me and my children to walk in your promise. O、oh、Lord, all of our difficulties, weaknesses, and pain are all for the purpose to fulfill your plan in our lives. So let us walk in your grace. When I cry out to you, you will see me. That you will want to be, I will want to be a wise Christian and not a foolish one. Only when you exhausted all your options, and at the end you remember to cry out to God. Please let God be your first option when you face hardship. You will realize God has never kept His eyes off you. God's ears have never been plugged from hearing us. He always looked after us. So cry out to God and pray to God. If we're like these poor people in chapters one and two. That we have been oppressed and we are weak, we got mistreated. God's grace has never left us. Even though you starve with death, but in chapter two, redemption process has begun. Grace is starting, power is releasing, God's plan is executing. At the same time, man- mankind's own strategies are dismantled. Our own schemes are useless. Only until we begin to pray, that God's power. And favor will begin to manifest in us and His vessels. In chapter three and four, you will see the whole process of shaping God's vessel of redemption is about to begin. Today, you pray, Lord, let me be Your vessel of revival of this generation. Bless our next generations and bless the future generations of the kingdom to rise up, and they know to pray and to depend on You. They know. How to cry it out, and because you have never kept your eyes off of them, your ears will hear us. Amen. Mm-hmm.